0: Hello everyone, I'm Shruti Jha, member of the Delhi Mental Health Council, and I'd like to welcome you all to our podcast of the month, Understanding My Anger. Before diving into today's topic, let's try and understand why the topic of anger is so vital to be discussed. In the present world, day-to-day life situations are loaded with a lot of negative emotions, eventually leading to anger, stress, anxiety and depression. Fear, insecurity, threats, disappointments and frustrations have become common problems in almost every society, which in turn generates a lot of anger in the human mind manifesting in multiple ways via the human behavior. Emotions, something that we experience every single minute of our lives, are very complex in their origin and in their effects. Each emotion has an adaptive function and as we grow, we must learn to regulate and modify their expression so that they do not become maladaptive. Emotions and the styles of expressing them are the building blocks of a person's unique and relatively consistent pattern of personality, which disposes him or her to think, feel and act in a particular way. Anger, the most often expressed human emotion, can be the consequence of many internal and external factors including the biological, psychological, behavioural and social domains. With this understanding, we come to the most important question What is anger? Anger is of course unpleasant and uncomfortable. But it is a universal and natural emotion. It involves thoughts that trigger and maintain anger, physiological arousal which includes bodily changes such as increased heart rate, blood pressure, sweating and the release of various stress hormones. It also includes behaviors or tendencies like yelling, clenching of fists, etc. Anger as a secondary emotion is preceded by other feelings such as pain or fear. As an emotional state, it can be caused by both internal and external sources. Anger can be elicited by behaviors of self or others or specific events, or a combination of internal and external events. For instance, when we don't get what we need at a specific moment, a flash of anger overpowers us. This acts as the internal source. This additionally can happen when we do not get the recognition or the acknowledgement that we think we deserve. Anger is likely to occur when an individual believes that his or her personal rights or codes have been violated. It is also likely when a person perceives a threat against his or her self concept. Anger may also be a reaction to the action of an environmental stressor, for example, a traffic jam. Aggressive states of an individual are also mediated by cognitive variables such as attitudes, belief systems, attributions, motives, and faulty information processing. These factors can include hostile attribution biases, that is, one sees the hostility where none exists, may also include quick judgment, omission of important cues an incorrect prediction of outcomes. People become angry when they believe that they may lose resources that they deserve or are entitled to. Anger may also result from the perception of an injustice, lack of fairness or grievances. Further, appraisal theorists have argued that anger is evoked in negatively appraised situations. These situations are described as the ones where the individual's goals are blocked. The appraisal of unfairness and others' accountability are considered as the core components of anger here. So let us all take a moment, pause and think about What really triggers my anger? By now, we have all understood that there are 4 components to anger The way you think Your feelings Your behaviour And the physiology The triggers identified help us to understand how each of these four components differ in their relative importance. This understanding and realization brings us to the next segment of our podcast wherein I shall talk about what does this anger do to you. Anger is an emotional reaction to our perceived needs not being met. And this is potentially a very positive aspect of anger. But we need to remember that what we call anger as negative emotion, not because it is bad, but simply because we do not enjoy experiencing it. It often drives us either to force someone to meet our needs or to punish them for having failed to meet them. So, anger, thus, has three identified functions. It is considered to be a response to frustration, a way of getting what we want, and, of course, a release of pent-up emotions. Problematic anger has major long-term effects on your physical and mental health, family life, friendship, successes in your school or workplaces and other personal social and financial costs. In the next segment of this podcast we will look at what we can do with anger both when we get angry ourselves and when others are angry with us. The way in which we deal with our own anger is likely to be reflected in the way we deal with other people's anger. So moving ahead with the factors affecting what we do with our anger. The principal factor discusses about anger being a learned response. We learn how to communicate emotions by observing our carers, and by learning behaviours that have worked for us in the past. The responses we learn may have empowered us to get our own needs met, perhaps only for a short term of time. Encounters that we experience when we are young and learning are internalised and subsequently liable to be communicated in our behavior patterns. Thus, our early experiences of how others manage anger and how our expressions of anger have been responded to will have a significant effect on how we respond later to our own and others' anger. So one must be mindful as an adult when we are around the young and impressionable. The second factor talks about anger and our belief systems. The idea that our internal thoughts and perceptions affect our responses is known to all. A cognitive approach to explaining behavior suggests that it is not the situation themselves that make us angry but how we think about them. Throughout this podcast, anger is considered as a response to a threat that can be to our sense of self, our self-worth and the way in which we view ourselves, as well as to more tangible things such as getting our own way, our possessions or our personal safety. The third factor is unconscious motivators. The psychodynamic school of thought tells us that our responses may be motivated by unconscious desires and fears that we are unaware of at the time. It can be stated that motivations bring patterns of thought associated with them and that they that is emotions and thought in combination eventually lead to a particular behavior. Abraham Maslow, an American psychologist, who is best known for creating the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, in 1968 had stated If all I have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. This further amplifies that a person driven by anger may have a preoccupation with blaming others and a desire for retribution. Behavioral strategies to achieve these ends will therefore be chosen. So, exploring underlying motivators may be more effective in coming to an understanding of the behavior as well as leading effective ways of change. The fourth factor looks into individual differences. Emotional reactions are influenced by a part of the brain called the amygdala and can bypass the thinking and reasoning along with the conscious part of the brain situated in the neocortex. The individual who seems to experience difficulty in identifying their own feelings and putting them into words might therefore show different underlying neurological patterns from the person who appears emotionally sensitive. As many of our emotional reactions happen out of awareness, those people who are self-aware will find it easier to control their emotions as this offers more chances for monitoring their responses and taking into account whether or not they are useful in the long term. As self-awareness is believed to be the foundation of emotional literacy, a high level of self-awareness is likely to be associated with healthy expression of emotions. With this understanding, we come to the last segment of our podcast, which talks about what we usually do with our anger. We may deal with our own anger in one or more of the following ways. At first, we may displace our anger. Anger may be displaced onto a person or object that is not the focus of the anger itself. This is usually because it is considered unsafe to be angry with the real focus of the anger. We may also repress our anger. The unconscious part of the mind is assumed to be able to store memories and control behaviour and feelings without them coming into our conscious awareness. Repressed anger, then is anger that is affecting our behavior but out of which we are unaware. To understand causes of angry outburst in this instance, one has to bring the unconscious memories and feelings into conscious awareness. One may also suppress his or her anger. It refers to anger of which we are consciously aware but that is not expressed by choice. Suppression of anger may be a way of trying to avoid hurting those we care about and stems from the learning that expressing strong negative feelings is unacceptable. This is likely to have learnt when we were young so that guilt will be a strong inhibitor for appropriate expression of anger. Unfortunately, strong feelings that are not expressed may build up until they leak out onto unimportant matters or explode inappropriately, hurting those we care about more deeply than the original conflict would have done there are a lot of research evidences that suggest that suppressed and repressed anger may be the cause of depression in some instances depression is seen as anger turned inwards on to the individual themselves rather than outward on to the appropriate focus this can become A deeply entrenched way of behaving, having built up throughout the formative years. The next way of dealing with anger is by expressing it ineffectively. That is the problem anger. Anger expressed ineffectively is likely to be out of rational control and lead to damaged relationships and have negative physiological effects. We are all familiar with the feeling that we regret having said or done something in the heat of the moment. Strong emotions can be expressed destructively, leading to confusion and hurt, and get us nowhere in terms of meeting our own or others' need. Problem anger is expressed in a hostile, aggressive way and may take the form of a violent outburst involving both verbal and physical aggression. In short term, this explosive expression of anger may feel subjectively quite good as it releases tension, gives a feeling of power and sometimes may get you what you want but at a cost, long term, however, it is likely to damage relationships and escalate hostility within them. Our belief systems not only affect what triggers anger but also influences how we become irrational and inaccurate as a result of the escalation of anger and aggression. We are more likely to think that the other person involved had deliberate intentions to threaten us in some way and to overestimate the extent of this. We also become unable to see things from others' perspective and cannot begin to consider the other person's point of view. Our ability for rational thinking disappears when we lose our temper, and we also suffer the physiological consequences of aggressive behavior. This, combined with the feeling of having lost control, will leave us feeling depressed and low. It will also leave us with an unresolved conflict. As conciliation becomes difficult and unlikely when we are on the receiving end, of an aggressive outburst. Behaviors may change initially through fear of endangering more aggression, but that is unlikely to be any genuine resolution of conflict. Hostility may then take the form of undermining the other person behind their back and getting others on your side, and thus escalating the difficulties and making successful communication extremely difficult. The next way of dealing with anger is by expressing it effectively. When anger is expressed effectively, it provides an opportunity for learning and change. The positive resolution of conflict can lead to improvements in relationships and situations that would otherwise remain unsatisfactory to all bodies. Anger can be expressed in such a way as to respect other people's feeling and point of views, even when differing from own. In this way, the expression of anger becomes a positive act. Expressing anger effectively involves communicating the concerns we have while still respecting the other person's right to have alternative views. One needs to learn to be able to express strong feelings without attacking the other person as an individual. By dealing with the particular behavior that is upsetting them. Feelings can be communicated without blaming the other person and changes in behavior can be requested positively. With this, I come to the end of this podcast. Hopeful of its benefits to all of you. Wishing you the best for the journey ahead.